the year. This is the year of getting it together and doing what you do best. Hustling, taking care of business, and taking care of your community. Join us for JMT Media's podcast, where we interview everyone from the community to small businesses to elected officials who are changing policy that matters for our community. Hey everyone, this is Jacqueline Tecarante, your host of the JMT Media Podcast, where we interview everyone from politicians, um, cultural leaders, entrepreneurs, really talking about their drive and their passion and what really makes them successful. Um, This episode, I believe it's episode 38, is very iconic for me and it's uh, my dear, dear friend. So I'm going to give y'all some some background. So Leslie Moody Castro is going to be our guest for this session. And I met Leslie years ago. I'm talking over a decade when I lived in Austin, Texas. Um, She was this amazing curator that was coming in. And I didn't really understand her job or didn't understand what this entrepreneur spirit was with her. But I was like, she's so cool. She travels around the world. Um, And she has really made a name for herself on the international level when it comes to uh, artistic curation. And she has the respect of her beloved colleagues as well as her friends. So um, I'm going to give you a little bit of background for our viewers and our listeners for our iTunes podcast. Um, So Leslie Moody Castro is an independent curator and writer whose practice is based on itineracy and collaboration. She has produced, organized, and collaborated on projects in Mexico and the United States for more than a decade. And her repertoire of critical writing is also reflective of her commitment to place. She is committed to creating moments of artistic exchange and dialogue, and as such, is the co-founder of Unlisted Projects, an artist residency program in Austin, Texas. In 2017, she was selected as curator and artistic director of the sixth edition of the Texas Biennial, AKA Big Deal, Big Deal, and was recently the first invited curator in residence at the Galveston Artist Residency. Moody Castro earned a master's degree at the University of Texas at Austin in museum education with the portfolio supplement in museum studies in 2010. And she also has a bachelor's degree in art history at DePaul University in Chicago in 2004 and has been awarded two grants from the National Endowment of the Arts for her curatorial projects in 2016 and 2017. In addition to her firm belief that the visual arts creates moments of empathy, Moody Castro also believes that mariachis make everything better. I mean, look, y'all, I am so excited to bring on a guest, a friend, an international curator, a dynamic personality, and someone that just really knows her So, Leslie, are you there? Hi. Hi, I'm so, oh my gosh, I've been looking forward to this episode for weeks. I I get so nervous whenever I hear my bio. <laughs> Why? That's the thing. You know, one of our guests um, from Bad, it's a beautiful and delicious brand. They, te- they teach women that you, we get nervous talking about how wonderful and how excellent we are. And you, my dear, are an amazing, amazing force. And so you do not need to be shy because you are everything and then some under the sun. 
Um, so I'm going to stay quiet because as you can tell everybody that's listening and watching, I'm super pumped. Leslie, where are you at now? Because I, I try to keep up with you on social media. I'm like, is she in the United States this week? Is she in Mexico? Um, yeah, I basically have been, I mean, it's, it's always kind of, I, I never know where I am from one week to the ne next, quite honestly, but throughout the entire pandemic, I've been in Mexico, I've been kind of holed up in my apartment there with the exception of a couple of trips, like here and there. Um, but I decided on January 1st that I should come back because I can't go an entire year without seeing my family. So yeah, I came back January 1st after being gone from the United States for 300 days, which is like the longest time I've been gone. And it, I'm having a lot of moments of culture shock. It's been really, really strange. So that is incredible that you have been gone for 300 days. Now, first off, I know your mama misses you. How's your mom doing, by the way? My mom is doing so well. So she um, completely changed careers a few years ago and is now a school teacher. And she's in the middle of her master's program. Actually, she's at the end of a master's program in uh, administration, I believe. She finishes this semester. So it's, 2020 has been really hard on her because she had to do like virtual, digital, everything, which was, you know, a test to every school teacher. Um, but she teaches second grade and she loves it and she has loved it and she's been She's wanted to go into education for forever. And so it's been really great to see her completely sh like shift gears and do what she wants to do that makes her happy. I love that. I I think clearly you get it from your mama or maybe she gets it from you, but I think it's fantastic. I encourage all women and men to, you know, find something that you're passionate about, do it really well and try to figure out to make an income off of it and to and be fulfilled from it. So kudos to your mom, honey. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, it's really great to see it. So like right behind you, there's a lot of artwork. And for those of you that are listening to our podcast, anytime I think of Leslie Moody Castro, I always think of her with a backpack of supplies <laughs> Um, a black cocktail dress, because you never know where you're going to be that evening. Clearly, we met in our early 20s. And also, she always has art around her. I mean, what started your passion just to get into art? Because yeah, com communications, marketing, PR, yes, there's a form of art. But you really have this knack and understanding of connecting empathy and the human life experience into this artistic world. And so can you talk to us a little bit about like how you even got started in this um, world of art? I had a really interesting route of education. I did my, so I went to a magnet high school here in Austin, Texas called um, Johnston High School. And as sophomores in high school, we had to take art history and that art history kind of like like went with us all the way through high school. Um, and so it was just a really natural thing to have conversations about. It was a really natural thing to learn about. I continued it through my bachelor's degree and obviously through my master's degree. Um, but after my bachelor's degree, there was this sort of moment where I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do. I mean, like that's you know, the natural thing that we all go through after we graduate. And I was really starting to question like what the museum is and what the gallery is. Um, I was really starting to question why we sort of maintain the same standards in art viewing, art production, um, and art appreciating even. And, and so I was just kind of like, well, I, I want to think about like how I can challenge these things. Like, why do we have to 
see work in these very traditional models that don't allow people of color um, that are not welcome or welcoming to anyone with a vagina. Um, why do we like continue to like uphold these values as something that's important when we actually can like bend the rules and that's more fun? Um, and so I really started thinking about like, what is the artist practice and like, how can I communicate with an audience and what does that mean? Um, what does it mean when someone just saw the Simpsons and then walked into my exhibition and that's the last thing that, th that is on their mind before they walk into a space and how can I use those references or how can I like play with art and, and, and allow other people to have agency in how they see things, not just have one story that I'm telling them. Um, and so I really started thinking about like how multiple stories can be told in a space, um, how space can be welcoming to multiple stories, um, what it's like to build an exhibition based on a story and who the audience is and how does that change and who the protagonist is, things like that. So I think about like storytelling a lot and, and building a story through work essentially. Um, and so what's really fun is that means that I get to like surround myself with really smart fucking people all the time and like do studio visits with like really creative people and like just have a lot of fun with it. Oh, my you've been doing an excellent job having fun with it. Um, you know, I've seen you travel and literally every other week I see something in a newspaper, a television, something, an editorial and it's, it's always like this sense of pride of like, I knew her when we were having oysters. <laughs> when we were like, okay, we have $10 for lunch. What are we gonna have? Let's have some oysters. And um, it's really, and like I mentioned to you earlier on the phone, you know, I always knew that I was gonna be an entrepreneur, but I always knew that I had to kind of wait. And part of me is excited that I waited to get those skills that I need, those arsenal of skills. But another part of me is like, man, I could have gone probably a little bit further, like my friend Leslie. And so I'm so proud of everything that you've not only currently accomplished, but things that you're working on um, in the future. And the fact that you're even talking about um, people of color, minorities, vaginas. I mean, just to be very candid, you've been talking about this before. Um, recently, people started talking about disparities in art and in business and in entrepreneurship. And um, that really goes to show that you have been thinking about this for a very, very long time and all of the work um, that you've been working on. So now, right now, you're in a residency. For the viewers that are back home and the folks that are listening, what does that mean, an uh, artist in residency? So basically that means that um, you are invited to a place to that you don't live to go and like research or produce or write. Um, that basically means that it's like you get out of your comfort zone, you get out of your routine and you are kind of plopped into a space of creativity. Um, and you are basically just given all the resources you need to be successful in creating something, whatever, whatever that is, if you're a painter to make some paintings or to get away from painting or performance or what, what have you, it's, it's a space, a safe space for like research and, and experimental production. Um, and I've done a few residencies. There aren't that many curatorial residencies out in the world. There's a ton for artists, but I think the, the curatorial field is actually relatively new in the history of art history. And so the curator as a producer is something that is also sort of becoming more and more, not fashionable, but um, 
more and more, I guess, normalized as like a career, as a profession. Yeah, like I mean, we deal with a lot of, it's interesting. So our company helps produce events and mm -hmm. it's always interesting when I meet a producer that's like, I'm the curator. I'm like, honey, you know what that means, but okay. And so I, I get it, what you're, what you're saying that it's a trending word, um, especially when it goes into event production, marketing. You know, for us, we tell people we curate content for Staten Island, and that's because we legitimately curate 37 clients from culturals to developers to small businesses, what people see, what people feel. And so there is this sense of responsibility of always pushing the needle forward and making it positive. Um, and I'm sure you're also probably having to deal with the same thing in curating art that is pushing the needle forward, keeping things positive, and sometimes re-disclosing some of the things that are not so beautiful. Yeah, and you know, I think those are all very subjective things, and I think that, um, I think I think beauty has a lot of definitions, and I also really appreciate that the definition of curator or curatorial has been and so widely used. Like, it's... I think it, it provides agency to people outside of a museum that like a curator can exist on all levels in some capacity. Like I'm chill with Martha Stewart calling herself a curator. Like I like that. Um, it, it sort of demystifies my job and my role a little bit. And I'm happy to have that happen because anything that breaks down that sort of institutional model is only a benefit to everyone outside of the museum. In my eyes, I'm an amateur uh, art enthusiast and collector, but in my mind, you have really um, manifested and understood the concept of art on small scale and also art in large scale. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think that, I think it's a really, really big world. And I think that there is enough room for all of it to exist. And just because I may or may not like something doesn't mean that someone else will or won't. You know, it's like we all, there is room for all of it to exist and to thrive. Um, and I think it's also very dependent on context. Like, you know, sometimes an exhibition that I would produce in Austin, Texas, isn't a great fit for something I would produce in Mexico City and vice versa. Um, and so a lot of that is really being in tune with the place that I'm in and with the audience of the project that I am sort of developing. Um, and having like this space to allow for it all to exist. Like it's okay if we disagree and I appreciate disagreeing on things like that because it actually like provides the opportunity to have a real conversation about, about people's values and, and what they, what they think art is or how they define it. So Leslie, what are you working on? Because I know you always have a fabulous project that's up your sleeve, you know, something that's going to get you some national endowment for the arts, some sort of gold medal in the art Olympics. So what do you have that you're uh, working on? Or can you even tell us? Can you disclose yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah, totally. Happy to actually. So um, interestingly, um, I did not do anything in 2020. All of my stuff got canceled, which was honestly totally fine. Um, it was it was definitely time for me to take a break and to kind of you know take a pause from from producing and from work, which was fantastic. And so, in 2021, the project I have that I'm working on right now is sort of a revitalization project. Um, I was invited in into this small town called Bartlett, Texas, which is basically like kind of a ghost town. Um, the population it's like a minimal population of like less than 2,000 people. The entire downtown was for sale. The entire downtown. 
Um, and someone bought it and basically said, I want to do an art project. Um, this happened in 2020. And so I was approached by, by this person, um, Robert is his name, to basically start a residency project and invite artists and writers in from all over the world or all over the United States to come in and, and work in Bartlett. Um, but then COVID happened. And so obviously, you know, inviting people into a place is really difficult when there's a pandemic and we want to make sure that everyone is safe. And then Texas became a hotspot, which it still is. Um, and so we also didn't want to be in a position where we were putting people in any kind of danger. Um, so that fast forward until now, what we decided to do was pivot the project a little bit and activate one of these buildings and activate the community and through art essentially um, and do a site specific installation with four artists in this historic um, building from the turn of the century from the early 1900s. Um, so I have four artists that I'm, I'm working with that I'll be guiding on the project and Basically, they all have very different practices, but are kind of coming together with this building and this town, Bartlett, as a protagonist. And so we have no idea what's going to happen, but it's going to be this like evolving project where we're all learning about the history of Bartlett, where we're all learning about the building, we're learning about the architecture, we're learning about the place. Um, and we're also like, we're, we're marking a moment in its history as well, which I think is really important to say. Like this town was basically slated to be a ghost town and its entire downtown was for sale for a reason, right? And so it's this really interesting transitionary moment between its past and its future that we're kind of positioning ourselves in. And that is a really important moment in moving forward in whatever happens with the town from here on out. And so it's a, it's a lot of responsibility for all of us. I was about to say, there, my, my two thoughts to that are there's probably this sense of responsibility of you know you want to have this exploratory like new visioning of what the space can and should look like but then there's also this responsibility of making sure that you're moving the needle forward because i'm sure in that town they need economic development and businesses to thrive etc so that's yeah. a, that's a big responsibility, but I'm sure that you, along with the rest of the other artists um, that you had invited throughout the U.S., that y'all were able to really capture that. Um, and when you first started talking about it, like buying a town, I was like, "Is this an episode of Shit's Creek?" Like, what? <laughs> that's what it sounded like. I was like, "Oh no, I, I got to catch up on all my episodes." Um, but it it sounds like this is a real life, you know. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's real people involved and they're very real histories and like lineages. And we want to be very empathetic to that and very respectful of that and like make sure that we are giving that place and time as well. And so that's, that's always something that I have to think about when we, when we are approaching these projects or when myself and the artists are approaching these projects is like, we're not coming in to just say, this is what you, we, what you should see, what you should look like. This is what, or look at, sorry, but but rather teach us about your place and how can we interpret that in a responsible way. And so I work with people at the end of the day. I work with people and and my practice has to be very empathetic to, to those moments of vulnerability. And I think that's really special. That's fantastic. So as we wrap up this episode of the JMT Media podcast, um, I want, it's so weird. Like it's, it's interesting talking to you like as a quote unquote adult now, even though I met you in my early years, um, because I'm just like a big fan of yours as a friend, as a colleague, a respected colleague, but 
you know, what really is, as we conclude this episode, you know, talk to me about what is your motivation to continue doing what you do? Because I think, you know, part of my company is I get to meet a lot of people, lots of different industries, lots of different um, places in time. And sometimes people can give up easily. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to remind people that aside from COVID and aside from any issues that you may have at home or in business or in life that you should never give up. And so um, the last and final question that I have for you is what motivates and inspires you to do your best work? Yeah, it's people. It's definitely people. It's both audience and the artists that I work with. Um, I really value their creativity and generosity and to be able to be in a position where, where that is, offered to me, I think is really important. And I consider it a real responsibility to, to be able to, to work with people. Um, I also am motivated by the fun factor. Like <laughs> I love my job and it's the art world, right? Like there's no such thing as an art emergency that like there, there should not be stress in what I do. Um, and, and, and anytime that there is a moment where it is stressful or I think it's hard or I just like don't want to do it anymore, then I will walk away because it shouldn't be that. It should not be that at all. I want to, I love my job and I want to wake up every day and do my job. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Leslie Moody Castro, for joining us on this episode of JMT, the media podcast. And for those of you that are tuning in, please make sure to follow us on iTunes, as well as all RFS feeds, Facebook, Instagram, and have a wonderful and productive week.